right. whereas I was just here. Very conscious. I've, I've always wanted to live in New Jersey. Really? Yes. Wait, I think you told me that before. Yeah, That's like a very endearing quality because I feel like a lot of people don't get it. I agree. I, I never understood all the, the hate for New Jersey. I just... Me either. It's the best. Yeah. What, Zach Braff didn't do it for you? No, that, 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 I mean, that helped. I was definitely into Garden State when I saw it. I was like, I was like, yes, I could stay on top of a large dump, right? Wait, is that, is that a dump also when they're in the rain and they have, like, the, the parkas and they're, like, screaming? No, it's like a quarry. Uh, have, you been, have you ever been to the quarry? I've never been there, but I love that movie. Like, that movie gets so much hate now. I don't know why, but, like, people hate that movie. They say it's, like, so hipster and stupid. But for me, like, it actually really... The characters and the set design and, like, the locations, I feel like it's very New Jersey. Like, it's very accurate. Yeah. There's, there's a bit in there that is like hits me very hard. It's not it's not like the most like not like a New Jersey bit, but there's a part in the beginning when he's a waiter in an Asian restaurant in LA and he goes to up to a table and he goes to take their order and they ask if he has bread. And I'm like, man, I've been asked if I have bread in my <laughs> own Asian restaurant that I work in so many times. Oh. Yeah. Why are people looking for bread at a sushi place? Like Like people just like they like something to, to like eat before they get to eat. Mm-hmm. You know? And like like because people will be like, Oh, do you have Chinese noodles? And I'm like, no. Like it's, not, it's not a Chinese restaurant, so it's every other Asian. Yeah, country literally. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think people just like to because it's not even like a filling yourself up thing. It's just, you want your your mouth to be warmed up and you want it to be like tantalized, tantalized, whatever the word is. So. Mm-hmm. Well, now that the uh, recycling has been picked up, we know that we won't get disturbed by the recycling once more during this podcast. I'm against recycling anyway. That the earth's been around long enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you. Leah Russo on the record are against 100% recycling. 100% against recycling. Good. Like, throw it away. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. We have a guest who has already graced <laughs> the airwaves with his love of New Jersey. Brendan O'Brien. Yes, thank you. I'm, I am just excited that the podcast is back. It's been a void in my podcast listening, so thank you guys for being back again. I feel like we need, we need a movie, cinema, film now more than ever. So thank yes, you. Yes, that's true. We figured it was time to get back to the podcast since movies are starting up because Christopher Nolan decided we needed to start up because he so needs true. to make money on his investment. It's still <laughs> in the same tax year. He needs to get it in now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can do whatever I want. I created Inception. I'm wondering when they're going to release A Quiet Place 2, because I remember that was one of the first big movies that they canceled or postponed, and I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be in the, like, spring? That was yeah. Out? Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if that, because I wonder if, like, that movie is just a movie they really wanted to be in the spring, so they'll just wait for the full calendar year to come back around on it. Maybe. Well, Murphy announced today that they're going to be able to open movie theaters at 25% capacity, mm. which I'm, like, not going to go, because I feel like... I feel like it's a bad, like, as much as I want to go, I don't know if it's safe even at that capacity. Agreed. So anyway, we're here to talk about Charlie Kaufman movies in excitement and anticipation of his new movie coming out on Netflix called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I definitely had a huge Charlie Kaufman void in my life. We all have. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, Anomalisa isn't very, well. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll it later, there. but it's sad that we haven't had anything since Anomalisa yes. in five years. So we thought we would go through all of his movies one by one and talk about them, and then we can do an episode when we all see the movie. Yes. Part two. Oh, yes. And I can catch up on all of the Charlie Kaufman films I haven't seen. 
first movie that came out was being John Malkovich, but was that the first one of his that you guys saw? Also, we say films of his. He's a writer. A writer. He's films, but he's directing this film. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he also directed um, Anomalisa and Schenectady, New York, mm -hmm. but we're going to go over all the films that he's written. Because that's really what he is. Yeah. His directorial stuff has been very impressive, like just because it's so big and ambitious. Like, because Connectedy was his first thing, and that and that was just like, actually, that might, that might have been the first thing of his that I saw, and I think that really, yeah, and I think it was like very shocking <laughs> to watch. Like, because <laughs> like, like, like that movie is so it's like so sad and so dreary, but also like very like beautiful. Uh, but How old are you? Uh, uh, let's see, that came out. In, I must have been like. So it's probably I probably saw it like a year or two after it came out. So maybe I was like seventeen or eighteen. So you saw that before Eternal Sunshine? Yeah, I did. Wow, what I a did. journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also did. Really? Yeah. Was that your first movie from him? No, my first movie from him was alright, so this is gonna go down the wormhole a little bit. Okay. So when I discovered uh, the internet and like <laughs> online shopping I don't even know what I, how I was paying for these things, but I was on eBay, um, and I was looking for cheap movies because I was like, oh my gosh, like I could just get stuff mm -hmm. on eBay, like yeah. I could just bid. This is so sick. <laughs> uh, exactly what eBay wants you mm -hmm. to have, like this childhood, like. I did the same thing when I was like twelve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that was one of the movies that was super cheap. Being John Malkovich, there's like a one dollar DVD. Movie blew my mind and was probably one of the movies that made me become, want to become a filmmaker, want to get into film, and like want to do visual storytelling and like do comedy. Well, that's a good jumping off point because we're going to start with that. So, why don't you talk about what your impression was? Yeah, so uh, I probably watched it when I was like 13 or 14, which is probably the target demographic of most American cinema. As <laughs> 13 and 14 year olds um, but uh, yeah no it definitely hit me pretty hard because it was like very funny very unlike anything I'd ever seen before uh, it definitely like kind of got the celebrity obsession that we were gonna have like before it even happened like that was 1999 before everything became the me 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 like era of like everybody posting, everybody wanting to be a celebrity, everybody wondering what it's like to be famous, everybody wanting to be rich, everybody wondering what it's like to be rich, and like being very outward about it. And like this is literally a movie about people going through a portal to be John Malkovich. <laughs> like it's the dumbest concept ever, but for some reason like you believe it because like it's so grounded with like the other characters and stuff like that. Yeah. And like it sucks because like the movie definitely has some like domestic violence stuff in it that's like did not age well it's very hard to watch like some like holding like i don't want to spoil it too much but like it was made 20 years ago but like wait i think we should do spoilers okay yeah maybe you can do like you can do like this movie starts at this one and this movie starts at this time that way like if someone's only seen one or two movies they can just listen to that part and then because these have all been out like i'm sorry we're not gonna wait for your ass like but you know because yeah. <laughs> even, even anomalisa's been out now like five years yeah so i think he said but i think i will say i think i don't know if there's any i think, I think eternal sunshine is the only one that comes to mind where i'm like oh if i heard the spoiler for that then i'd be like mad that i knew about it ahead of time everything else i'm like 
there's just so much in these movies that even if you did have a spoiler, I was actually explaining to someone who's never seen Eternal Sunshine before, I was explaining like the premise to them and they were like fascinated and then they were like, well, what happens? Like, you have to tell me what happens. And I was like, you need to watch it. And they were like, no, no, no. Like, you have to tell me now, like what happens? And I was like, I don't want to like ruin it for you. And they were like, no, no, no. Like, do they get back together? Like, what's going to happen and everything? And I'm like, well, and so I <laughs> explained the whole thing and like, they were still like so fascinated to watch it. It wasn't like they were like, oh, okay, got it know the story now I'm fine yeah there's just so many layers to everything and there's I think especially because like we are on the younger side I guess compared compared to who I don't know but like we everyone else <laughs> <than us. laughs> I guess but it's like we saw it like he's saying he saw it when he was 13 so I'm sure now there's so many more things in it that you notice or whatever that you didn't pick up on when you were 13 and oh, yeah. you know what I mean yes. like it, it grow like every year that we watch it like I can't believe Schenectady New York is already like 12 years old yeah. because I loved it so much when I first saw it and when I think about how young I was and I didn't feel so young at the time I was like I understand this and now as I get older especially because so much of it is like about death and like aging and stuff as I listen to it I'm like I mean listen to it watch it more it feels like there's more there every time I watch it yet it's this unchanged piece of film yeah so spoil the way jordan yeah spoil spoilers for being john malkovich and every other charlie kaufman movie oh no (laughs) locking a woman in her in a cage and like there's a lot of like gender stuff that's like written by a straight white dude you know. Can we like, talk I, about how good Cameron Diaz in, is in the movie, though? She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, honestly one of her best roles, probably. It and is. Like why the, the movie is, like, so beloved. Like, if you, honestly, if you, like, cut him out of being, like, super crazy and, like, putting her in a cage and, like, the physical violence of that, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of stuff. And maybe, like, write the last, like, 20 minutes with somebody who's not a straight white dude. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I feel like you have, like, the greatest movie of all time like i feel like that wow, stuff just so did it, not age well but like everything else I, I just love that film so much like the, mm-hmm. the humor is still so funny today like especially like the stuff in the first half of the film where it's just like the office humor and just like before the office yeah it's true actually. yeah it is um yeah and just like i think about the scene where like the uh what's her name clarice or maxine no 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 the assistant lady at the beginning. Oh, I can't assistant remember Assistant for name. the older guy. I didn't talk about that, yeah. Yeah. When she, like, can't get his name when he keeps telling her. Suarez? Suarez? Yeah. I feel like that is, like, my life so often. <laughs> and, like, so often people just don't, like... Like understand that you might miss here. They just continue as if like you're supposed to just know what they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of New Jersey, I just my oh my, fa- my favorite thing is how it spits you out into the New Jersey Turnpike and the way that they they always say that like so matter of factly in the movie. They're just like yeah, like the New Jersey Turnpike. Like, I just think that's so funny. Yeah. No, and like that's one of the things that Charlie Kaufman's really good at is writing really good stuff about like the Northeast, especially like the tri-state area. I feel mm-hmm. like he's like he's very familiar with this area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, but being John Malkovich is like kind of the kickoff to him doing what he does best, which is combining like the very like mundane, normal, everyday life with like the most absurd um, kind of people. Because that's I think that's that's like I think everyone gives some of their best performances in this. Because John Cusack is another person who. He's like always kind of hit or miss with me, but like the misses are like that are more that like I'm like yeah it was fine, but when he goes like kind of bizarre and crazy like this, it's like very very intriguing to watch. I went through a phase um, when I was like 17 where I was like in love with John Cusack, like 
not even as a celebrity like I would like lay in bed like thinking about him at night like the way I would with like a real crush that I had like I was like in love with him and this movie was a big part of that because I tend to like I mean yeah everybody likes like not that he's not good looking he's super good looking but like I'm I like have feelings for people that have like talent especially in like the film industry or any kind of artsy industry so I was just like obsessed with him and I watched so many of his movies like he's done so many movies he just cranks them out like it's nothing mm -hmm. and uh there are a lot of, I mean he is in a lot of really great movies but I feel like more often than not he's kind of like forgotten about you know and he, the fact that he actually got like an Oscar nomination for this I love because I feel like this is because this is the movie that he's probably gotten the most like acclaim for I feel like this is really his like mark on mm -hmm. the world this and then like say anything but that's more of like a cultural um like teenage kind of thing yeah. whereas this is more of like a serious respected Oscar-y kind of movie so yeah and I just think Cameron Diaz because like so many of her roles like I love her I think she's really talented but so many of her roles are like oh she's hot you know what I mean and it's disappointing because she is really talented like she isn't someone who just has to get by on her looks so I love the fact that in this movie like she still looks beautiful but she doesn't look like you know the way that she looks in other movies and she was able to like not wear any makeup and have a different hair color and I think some people probably didn't even like realize that it was her yeah and her performance is amazing and then I think Katherine Keener is Catherine always Keener is awesome <laughs> yeah so great and yeah. everything yes and then of course John Malkovich himself like I think it's so cool that he did this like that his legacy like even though he's done so many good movies like this is like in a hundred years if you've never heard of John Malkovich and you watch this movie you're gonna be like yo like <laughs> that guy is amazing yeah yeah I actually this I think this is probably the first John Malkovich movie movie I ever watched so like this was like and I'm sure there's probably a lot of people who know him mostly from this mm -hmm. uh, and you like get a lot of him in it well because you hear like I remember hearing the name because of this movie mm. and I was like oh is that like I didn't know for sure if he was a real actor or not until I was older and then I was like oh like that's John Malkovich like of being John Malkovich <laughs> you know what I mean yeah well it's also funny the demographic of people who probably love being John Malkovich is now like in their 50s and 60s and 70s and they're like oh the space force I'm really excited about the space force <laughs> and like they're the target demographic for that yeah and, like billions it's like any old rich like white dude is like yeah. now like oh yeah I watched John Malkovich when he was on the stage now I watch him on billions <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this movie works if it's any other celebrity except for John Malkovich? I don't know. I mean, maybe it would have to be somebody that was, like, in his... Like, it couldn't be somebody that was super famous. Like, it couldn't have been, like, Tom Cruise or something, right? Mm -hmm. It had to be someone who was, like, famous, but not overwhelmingly or, like... If it, it would be, like, Michael Sarah. Oh, my God. Weird. <laughs> Eat Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that would have been like. Big. He's too big, probably. He's too. I think he's a little too big, and also he doesn't have like the what's the word? Like the I'm putting my fingers up like an chef. Yeah. <laughs> no, not Hutz. Hutz was like, Ugh. okay. This is like um, the like the prestige of John Malkovich, right? Right. He's more of like a hangout movie actor, I guess. Yeah. If that's a thing. But I think it's hard for us to know because we don't remember how famous John Malkovich was in the 90s and 80s. Like, I can't, like, I know, like, I remember when Michael Sarah came out and, like, I remember, like, what he's been like in the cultural consciousness since then, since Superbad. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't, I just 
to know that John Malkovich was like respected actor, but not super famous, like more of a character actor. Or maybe like a step above that with fame. I don't know. Like it's hard for me to even name John Malkovich movies, to be honest with you. Like I know I've seen him in other movies, but this is like, this is his legacy. And he should be really thankful, I think, to Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones that they like, that this is his legacy because of this idea and yeah. this incredibly creative man. Yeah. Also, he is like the epitome of like the working Yes. Yeah, totally. And that's why it, like, works so well, is because, like, he is all about the stage. Like, people didn't really know who he was, but he would give so many great performances. Right, because I guess, like, what they were going for is that when you hear being, like, it's like, oh, the concept of this movie is that there's a portal into John Malkovich's brain. It's not like, oh, John Malkovich. It's like, oh, John Malkovich? Like, I think I know who that is, uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> um, also, just, like, because Spike Jones did direct this uh I think the Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman pairing, it, it, like it's nice that Charlie Kaufman is directing stuff for himself, but the pairing of the two of them, I think, was like a very like, like a match made in heaven. Absolutely, and we can talk about that when we get to adaptation. Yeah. But any other thoughts? On, we should actually we should probably say, my name is Leah. I'm here with Brendan and Jordan. <laughs> do, do you want to like just differentiate your voices in case a random person listens to this? This is Jordan. No, this is. <laughs> Cannot being Jordan Freed is not this movie. I would love Have to be. Have you guys Jordan seen that film? Being Jordan Freed. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, in film club. Oh my god. Why am I not Wait, surprised? It's still up on YouTube. Whoa, look it up because we're all gonna look it we're up. We're gonna watch it. Over. Yeah, maybe it'll, it'll go viral. No, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's how much I love the film. Is I made, I got my film club friends to make. Parody film of it. Mm. We also made a kung fu film at one point. Whoa! It's all on your YouTube. It was like YouTube? it was more like zombie, zombie like fight. Whoa. Yeah, it was like weird. Nice. So, do we have any other thoughts? Oh yeah. About um, being John Malkovich. Sorry, I just got wrapped up in Jordan's uh, kung fu zombie movie. Uh, We've all been there. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just, it's just. I think Jordan's kind of put it best. It's like very unique. Like it's definitely. If you Google like unique movies or movies that are not like any other movies, being John Malkovich will probably come up because it is very unorthodox mm -hmm. in uh, the best way possible. So should we move on to Human Nature? You're yes. gonna have to talk about it. I seen it. <laughs> yes. You guys have not seen it. Well, I think it's a lot of people haven't seen it. So don't spoil it because we'll talk about it next time. Okay. Okay. Um. Honestly, no, it's not my favorite movie from him. I don't know really how to explain it because I don't know what they were really going for. There are like those Charlie Kaufmanisms where there's like one line here or there that you like know is about such a bigger thing than mm -hmm. what they're saying and and those lines are there where you're like, oh my god, you know. Um, like there's this really funny bit where uh, Tim Robbins is sitting at his parents' house. He's you know, like 40 at this point and um, he's having dinner at his parents' house and his parents have just adopted a new little kid who's like six. And the little kid is like, even though Tim Robbins' character is like a doctor and he's very accomplished, like the kid is like saying all this stuff that's that's showing up him. And he's like, well, I've been your son for like 40 years and this little kid is now like telling me off at the dinner table, you know what I mean? And he even like flirts with his like girlfriend and stuff. And it's like things like that that are in it that are very Kaufman. And then there's other things that you feel like weren't fully developed. Like it almost feels like this was, and I don't know if this was written before John Malkovich, but it almost feels like this feels more like it would be his first movie that he didn't really have his footing on yet or something because the ideas are there but it's just not as uh, effective I think and um, it's basically about 
like Patricia Arquette is in it. She's so good, and she's someone who was born with like full body hair, like an ape almost, like not that thick, but like just kind of like what you would, just kind of like I don't know, kind of thick, like thicker than most women's like body hair, but it's all over her whole like body, her neck, like everywhere. And, um, you know, obviously she grows up, like, having a very hard life because of this, and she's always having to shave her whole body, but then it comes back, and so she makes a living, like, as a, like, circus freak. And then there's this other character played by um, Rice Ephens, and he is literally, like, an ape person, like, Tarzan from the jungle, and um, then there's Tim Robbins, who is a doctor, and he tries to... He tries to, like, turn that character into a regular human being. And so the the thing is, like, it kind of deals with issues of, like, well, what is it, what does it really mean to be human? And, like, is it really, we act like we're so superior, but is it really better to be a human than to be an animal? Like, animals are so free. Like, they don't even care about anything. Like, we're sitting here, like, killing each other about, like, money and stuff, whereas, like, they only do that if they have to for food. Like, things like that, you know what I mean? Like, things like that. And so I definitely appreciate the movie, but stuff in it too that I just don't really feel like needed to be there I guess and um I know I remember I was listening to an interview with Kaufman and he said like he thinks it was a good movie and a good concept but like somewhere along the way it just didn't end up how he wanted it to and it was directed by Michelle Gondry who also directed Eternal Sunshine and I think that Kaufman was much happier with Eternal Sunshine like he loves that movie and how that movie came out whereas this one I think maybe they had disagreements or something like that and it just wasn't as good whereas like Spike Jones is is a much um, like he was a much better collaborator I think on being John Malkovich than this one so I mean it's worth watching like especially if you love Charlie Kaufman you kind of have to like round out the whole the whole group of movies but I wouldn't say like it's a must see otherwise sounds very interesting though it is like I feel like it sounds more interesting like describing it because then you watch it and you're like you feel like there's supposed to be I think especially seeing these other coffee movies you feel like there's supposed to be this moment where you're like oh my god like that just hit me so hard like I understand what you're where you're coming from and I don't really feel like that happens Mm. but yeah Send us your tweet us and send us your opinions on human nature because it is something that I'm interested to talk to people about. Yeah, that sounds like a rewatch or a watch if you've never watched it before. Yeah. So now I guess we can move on to adaptation. Yes. Which is one of my top favorite movies of all time. Same. <laughs> I just rewatched it a few weeks ago and I didn't even know what to say about it. Like I haven't watched it in years and. It's one of those rewatches where, like, I have to be ready to rewatch it. Like, I'm not just going to, like, turn it on. I have to be like, okay, I'm going to watch Adaptation tonight. And then, like, prepare for it and then, like, watch it. And this viewing of it, I was just, like, I posted on Twitter and I didn't even have an opinion outside of, like, I don't even know what to say about the movie. Like, it's so good that I don't, I don't even feel like I could do any good by explaining it. Yeah. Uh, Like, explain what the premise is or explaining? I I think it just destroyed the ability for other people to do like the screenwriter who can't think of an idea Mm -hmm. like I think that it did it to the best yeah and like I don't think you could really go back to it unless you have like the most creative idea ever yeah 
Yeah, I remember like my experience watching this movie for the first time, and probably every every time after that was that like I couldn't believe it was a real movie as I was watching it. I'm, I'm like, this is just so amazing. It's mm -hmm. just so good. And also like the, like the whole like Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage. That's another thing too. It's like it's a great Nicolas Cage watch because you get two different versions of Nicolas Cage. Uh, but then like even like that like that so like that's great on its own. But then you get the whole Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper storyline, which is also just like so good on its own. It feels like they're two different movies until they finally converge. Like really uh, in like the, toward the like, middle end of it. The acting is superior to yeah. I mean it's just it's ridiculous like it's so weird how Nicolas Cage is known as like this campy actor and I'm like no he's like a genuinely <laughs> extremely talented brilliant actor and let's I feel like this is definitely his best performance I mean I love like Moonstruck and some of his earlier roles that did prove his talent but this is just next level and I can't describe how much I relate to the um, Charlie character because like I completely feel that way all the time like I do not feel like the um what's the brother's name it starts with a d uh, his, his twin but... brother who's like you know carefree and happy and goes for things no matter what whereas Charlie's like inhibited by his own mind and is like supposed to be the smarter one but how smart is he really if his brother is having all this success and like the whole thing the, the show behind the scenes of being John Malkovich yes. and Charlie's like working on it uh, yes. and, and <laughs> his, his brother like he tries to say hi to Catherine Keener and she's just like oh hi like whatever and then like John Cusack like gives him a look like leave me alone or whatever <laughs> and then like but his brother becomes like BFF with them instantly and it's like so easy I feel that way all the time like I feel like when I'm in a group situation or when I'm like working on something I always feel like everyone else becomes friends and no one like wants to hang out with me and I'm just like oh like I feel like I always find out after like because one of the people from the group is like oh yeah like we all went to like blah 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 last night and I, I'm like oh I, I was busy so cool um <laughs> like and the way that he like gets in his own way and he's like too good for the the screenwriting class you know what I mean and all that kind of stuff like I feel I've always felt because like I I've always been treated like I'm stupid because like I'm young and I have blonde hair and like I'm a woman and all that bullshit and so I always like I went through a really long phase where I would always like try to sound really smart no matter what like I would think about what I was going to say so carefully and I would try not to have any confusing statements or like I would be afraid to question things like if people started talking about something I didn't know about especially with like politics I was so embarrassed and I was like I, I would just try to not sound stupid and I would just become so like just paranoid all the time and then I would be around someone who is like oh um actually like well what what is Obama's stance on foreign policy like I don't really know and I would be like oh my god like I would never admit that you know what I mean and and this person's just like yeah like I don't I don't really know like can you explain it to me and the other person in the group is like sure yeah like he just recently passed this or whatever and I would be like oh like they're not afraid to ask that question like I feel like I have to know everything yeah and so that character like even though it's like a man I don't know that's a good I, I don't think it is I, I feel also like, feel that way though yeah I, I'm not an Aries and I I, feel, I definitely I felt that way for sure for sure it's like a human thing yeah because you know? I, I think because it feels good to be the person who knows things in a conversation especially if like it's something like politics or something a little more like heady or intellectual uh, and but the, the problem is that like it, it only gets harder if you don't speak up and say you don't know something because then if you pretend like you know something and then another conversation comes along then you're like in this like downward spiral of just like not being able to, able to contribute anything 
because you didn't say that you didn't know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. It's funny because you would never think like if you're if I'm you're watching this movie, you probably wouldn't think that that's who I identify with if you just judged it because it's like he's a man, he's much older than me. Um, you know, like he has a different job than I do. I guess it's still in show business, but like he's obviously a very different person than me, and yet I feel so connected to that character. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like has I don't I don't know if that kind of insecurity has ever been so perfectly portrayed on screen. Seriously. Yeah, I think that's one because the the movie definitely applies to like if you are involved in film at all, or if you're a writer at all. Like all like, there's a lot of things that are very specific to that experience. Mm-hmm. But I think that like that's about the insecurity and about being uncomfortable and about like your place in the world is like all like the universal stuff this movie does really well that makes it. Uh, probably more accessible watch for someone who's not a writer or a film person mm-hmm. for sure i also think chris cooper's performance in this is crazy like he is so that person mm-hmm. it's it's mind-blowing like how within probably 30 seconds of his character being on screen you're like i know exactly who that person is <laughs> like it's just so good and meryl streep is always that way but the contrast of them and like how she's so fascinated by him again like the same way that charlie is so fascinated by his brother because like she feels like she has to be this like new york author and like she's you know so dignified compared to this like guy who rummages through the swamp and has missing teeth and all this kind of stuff and like all of her they show that one scene where she's like with her friends in the apartment and they're talking about the dumbest like they're laughing at him you know like Mm. he's some low life or something (laughs) and she's so fascinated by him because he's not inhibited by like all this bullshit of that like new york society stuff like he probably doesn't even wouldn't even act like that if he was right at that dinner table he would just still be himself like that's so refreshing you know and i think that's why like it's so interesting to see them like fall for each other because they are so different but yet like they kind of like she she's someone who people look up to as this like talented writer but she probably would rather be like him Rewatch it. It's so good, it Jordan. So You're gonna die. It's just yeah. so good. It's kind of sad how long you I watched it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that, that, that's what life, a lot of life moves fast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I because mean, even like think about these a lot of these Charlie Kaufman movies that came out or like the Charlie Kaufman written movies that came out it uh like a lot of them do feel like they were so long ago and, it's, and like I think it's just but but they do have a lot of rewatchability uh, mm-hmm. there, there's one part of this movie that like all, like has influenced me like as a writer more than anything which is the there's a part where uh, Nicholas Cage's character with the Charlie the Charlie character goes to uh, one of the writing seminars and Brian Cox plays I forgot who it is but there's like a, a screenwriter who like wrote one of these He's like a real person yeah it's, it's like one of these books that like every every screenwriter reads and he like plays that character and he gives this whole seminar about like uh he's like if you do voiceover you're a hack he's like don't put voiceover in your movie ever and like ever since I heard that I'm, I'm like cool no voiceover in any movie then. And like, and that's like one of like, the, and like this movie is one of like the great meta movies too because there's so many great meta jokes about writing. And obviously, there's a lot about like there's like a lot of voiceover in the movie, or there's some voiceover in the movie um, that is kind of commented on with that kind of joke. And then there, even like the whole like climax of the movie is like there's because there's like this feeling that Charlie has about the stuff his brother writes because his brother writes a lot of like pop culturey, like very actiony, like kind of like vain and surface level movies he feels like mm-hmm. and then like the end builds this like great kind of like epic actiony thing where like where they're in the swamps <laughs> there's like violence and it's just it's just so good and that's what happens in adaptation you know like it's because it actually was true that Charlie Kaufman was hired to adapt that book The Orchid Thief which is a real book by Susan Orlean who's a real author 
it turned into this. So that is portrayed in the movie, <laughs> but there's also all this, all these other layers to the movie that didn't happen, but then some of it did. And you just, I mean, I feel like it's so complicated, but when you're watching it, it's so easy to understand. Like you're completely there with them. Yeah. Like it's not confusing. It's not a movie that sometimes because I watch so many movies, not that I'm like so much smarter than anyone, but sometimes like people will ask me about it because like I'm just so well versed in like the, the rhythm of movies and like the trends and stuff. But I've never had to explain this movie to anyone. Like I've even mm -hmm. had to explain like eternal sunshine to someone more than this. Like this movie has the perfect like pacing the description of everything is so clear even though there's like all these layers upon layers of I don't even know layers of yeah. story well I'm excited to dig in um, since I have become acquainted with other substances <laughs> yes. I, think, I think all these movies we're going to talk about today take on a new meaning when it, you acquire new funny. substances wow. yeah, it's funny that like before I ever had smoked weed Charlie Kaufman was that for me, probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was just like, wow, oh my god, <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah, well, it is kind of like a drug, because th yeah. these movies really do make you think about human existence in a different way. Yeah. And, like, I love the scene at the end, um, when things have gone so horribly wrong, and um, Meryl Streep Susan, she says, like, I just want to be a baby again. Like, how did I yeah. get here? Like, like, I just want to be new. Like, I don't want to have any, like, any of the stuff that happened, she doesn't want it to have happened. She just wants to start over. And, like, sometimes I get really overwhelmed with that, too, because, like, I have dealt with depression on and off since I was, like, 14, so sometimes, like, I would just get so in my head with all this, like, pressure of, like, of, like, when did it go wrong? Like, when did I start feeling this way? Like, what was the wrong move that I made? Like, what was the wrong thing that I did? Like, and you go, you're just, like, I don't know. Like, I just want to, like, start over fresh and the fact is anybody can do that you don't have to be a baby to do that but when you're in this like I mean she's literally in the middle of a swamp she's covered in mud there's been like a murder I mean uh, not a murder but an attack um, <laughs> there's like there's been all this like horrible stuff and she just like doesn't even know where to begin to like fix her life there's no she doesn't feel like there's any way out and is just so good and the, the script is so good that they don't have to s explain all that stuff that I just explained it's just the few lines that she says and you you get that all immediately yeah yeah Charlie Kaufman movies in general are very like script led like the, cause there's some movies that you where like the script isn't really like it's there but it's not like the, the backbone but like Charlie Kaufman like like enforces his words upon you in all of his scripts mm -hmm. and that's also the thing is like he I, I would love to be Charlie Kaufman like Same. that would be like like <laughs> That's the exact, like, career that I would love to have. Like, he could literally just, like, hide in the woods. And, like, I bet he does. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just comes up with, like, a crazy idea. And then that's just the idea that he sells for, like, five years. Yeah. And then he just moves on. He probably, like, gets yeah. consulted a couple of times. Yeah, it's funny you say because I feel like Char the way Charlie Kaufman depicts, like, his brain and his like self is that it seems like he doesn't want to be charlie kaufman most of the time so yeah because because I've, I've watched interviews and he's like ve he's like very like what's called like self um deprecating self-deprecating and uh and i think he like he's like at a point where he like even the, the more success he gets like he doesn't like like cure his like lack of happiness that he has because he's, he's a very emotional sad person yeah yeah <laughs> He's created uh, an entire 
generation of sad boys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Synecdoche in New York. And <laughs> yes. Sunshine and Spotless Mind very soon. With lots of sad but boys. He has created a demographic <laughs> sad boys. that has taken over arts and culture. The yeah. sad boys of Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we can move on unless is there anything else you want to say about adaptation? It's just like uh, Nifka. 10 out of 10 movie for me. Yeah. <laughs> great um, watch. So the next one is Eternal Sunshine. Yes, it is. Uh, 2004, directed by, once again, Michelle Gondry. No, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Are we oh, 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 right, yeah. right. Okay, so jams? this movie... I've he, watched it maybe at times, but I don't think I've watched it straight through. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, it was directed by George Clooney, so... There's actually a really good story about this that I'm going to butcher, so find it. Like, you can look it up online, probably. Charlie Kaufman has told it recently. Like, he didn't want to tell it for years, but he has told it recently. Like, him and George Clooney had a huge thing over this. Like, they do not like each other. And so I think Charlie Kaufman had an original script, and then it was changed and edited a lot. Um, I don't even know if he's fully credited on this. It might be him and, like, another writer or something. I don't remember the details, but Charlie Kaufman hates this movie. Okay, let's give it like he hates it so fuck george clooney <laughs> suburbicon wait what was that movie oh uh what, what suburbicon what or suburb suburb something with the suburbs but yeah i didn't yeah i didn't realize that charlie kaufman wrote this so like yeah. oh because george clooney directed it right yeah. right okay um and i think yeah. there was like something george clooney said something in the press that was like really rude toward him i think and then he like fired back and it was totally not his style shady exchange so you can look that up if you want and i'm sorry about the sound um but you can look that up if you want to and then we can move on to eternal sunshine yeah, people miss sound yeah they haven't left their house and <laughs> this yes. is great stuff we yeah. live right in the backyard of a shopping center with buses that come by yes. and recycling that gets picked up sometimes yeah we are all open air here but eternal sunshine all right everybody's fave yes it is everybody's dark fave i can't describe how much i love this movie it's like it's definitely in like probably my top three movies ever same it's yeah. my favorite um representation of love like my favorite representation of a relationship it's my favorite cinematography like the way that the scenes progress with you know things falling apart all around them or you know hearing a voice but not seeing a person and the way that they editorialize their memories as they're happening you know like that scene toward the end where um they're in the house in montauk and it starts like flooding and falling apart and stuff and she's like she's like she's like was it something i said like why did you leave you know because he left that night and he's like yeah like you were so dismissive or whatever and um the memories happening around them and they're also commenting on the memory and they're also trying to change the memory and she's like well maybe this time like you can stay instead of leaving you know um just like I don't know where to begin I just started with that random scene because I I could like break down every single scene in this movie and go on and on about it uh well you don't have to go that far <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I don't know scene one <laughs> yeah. I think like when it comes down to it like I don't know I definitely like watched this movie a long time ago did not get the full meaning of this movie mm. <laughs> then went through breakups and then have watched it since going through one breakup two mm. breakups three breakups yeah. <laughs> and it's like oh okay wow 
so now I, now I really get this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's another one where, like, I loved it so much when I saw it. And actually, like, this movie used to make me so emotional before I was even in a relationship. Like, I didn't even know what it was like to be with someone. But I remember, I remember watching it. And I, I remember it was like on New Year's Eve and I was supposed to go out to a party and it was like not my first viewing of it. It was, I had already seen it like 10 times. And I just like, at, when it was over, I just started like sobbing. Like, and I don't even know why, but it just, to me, so fully encapsulates like a relationship. And I think because I have a brain where like I tend to go more toward like the alternative way of explaining something or like I'm always wanting like different stuff or something more interesting. Like I don't want to do like the norm. Like I want to go further and explore a different way. I feel like this movie just spoke to me so much because it's not your stereotypical romance movie. It's so real. Like the relationship just feels so real. And getting to go through the memories like from the most recent all the way to the end me just it's so profound like I don't I don't know how to explain it because I'm not Charlie Kaufman I'm not like as amazing as he is but <laughs> well I think because like, Charlie Kaufman is like definitely an intellectual person and you see that in a lot of his scripts and the way he talks but this movie and like a lot of his movies but like this movie is so it's so emotionally driven and it's so empathetic and it's so easy cause I, I, like this is a very easy movie to like consider like a, like one of the best of all time just because it kind of checks all the boxes like it's like very well cast and, the, and like every person is important in the script the script is phenomenal. Like visually, it's an amazing and like very interesting looking film. It's funny. It's it's very dramatic. It's got like a sci-fi component, which is funny because I, I I'll like see it on like the top sci-fi list all the time, and I don't even think of it as a, as a sci-fi movie most of the time because it doesn't feel like it is. But it, it like leads in a lot of other ways. It doesn't like feel like it rests on the sci-fi mm -hmm. conceit of it, but. Um, also, it's like it's again like I think it's a trend of a lot of Charlie Kaufman's movies is that his scripts and his movies just bring out the best in the actors because all these actors are doing some of their best work in this movie uh, across the board. Yes, it, well, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet definitely deserved Oscars. Yeah, but even like I love all of the supporting characters. I think they are so good. Yo, like Kirsten yeah. Dunst. Elijah Wood, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is so funny in this movie. He's so good, and but their whole like Tom Wilkinson is unreal. Even like his wife, like that, like the whole their whole dynamic. Like you understand everything. Like you know what it's like to be in that office. You know what it's like to work with these guys. Like you know what kind of guys they are. And then the whole side plot with um, Kirsten Dunst's Mary, like being in love with the doctor. Mm -hmm. I remember when that part was revealed. Like I was just like my whole like like body dropped <laughs> like not literally but you know how some people say like your stomach dropped I was like no my whole existence just like fell into the ground because the way that like they, like I think that Kirsten Dunst has never been better like her just her face when like she starts figuring all of it out and then when she goes and asks Mark Ruffalo about it she's like did you know about it and everything and he's trying to explain to her you know and just it's just so perfect and you understand completely like where she's coming from and I think they didn't honestly like they didn't even need to put that fine a point on it with like pointing out like yes we go through these horrible things but it makes us who we are like you can't erase mm -hmm. what's happening you can't erase like your history you know what I mean and she realizes like how she needs to tell all these people what actually happened to them and she mails yeah. out all of the tapes and stuff and then there's like the more romantic perspective on it which is like 
your mind can forget something, but your heart is just never going to forget something. And not even your heart, but like your soul and like your whole being. The fact that they're both like pulled to go to Montauk at the same time and go to the same places, even though they have no memory of it. I think that's really powerful. And I do like, I'm, I, as you guys know, like I'm a very spiritual person. So I do believe in like being pulled places or like, um, you know, doing something and not even knowing why you're doing it. Like, you're just like, oh, today I feel like taking a course on horticulture, even though I've never been into plants, but something inside me is just telling me that I have to do that. And then it ends up leading you to like something else that is part of your destiny. So that always really, really, really communicated love to me so well. Cause I do think that like some people are just like meant to be together or like drawn to be together and like, yeah, you can casually date people and have you know, whatever, or you can even like be in love with someone, but it might not be as strong of a connection as this one is where like, even though their memories are completely erased, like there's still something in each of them that feels like they have to be together, almost like magnets. Yeah. So I love that they were able, cause that kind of sounds cheesy. Like, and I love that they were able to like represent that in this movie and it's completely not cheesy. No, yeah. The, all, I, sorry, I was just gonna say like, all of his movies are just like so grounded the nostalgia feels so like real mm-hmm. like he brings you to so many places and like yes i grew up in like warwick new york so i have like the feel of upstate i have like long island memories because my mom is from long island mm-hmm. and then i have like new jersey memories and i have like new york city memories of like walking around new york city and it's like all of this nostalgia of like growing up in this area and like the larger than life legends of like the ocean the sea like yeah. the woods like the suburban loneliness like it all kind of fits into his catalog yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, the scene that uh, sticks out to me the most I think going off that point is I love and I remember the first time I watched it I like laughed so hard at the, uh, the part when they have the flashback of him being like a little kid and they have him like underneath the table and the way they shoot that so that way he it's like adult sized Jim Carrey but he looks like a child and he's wearing like the cape around his neck mm-hmm. and like cause that, that's the thing is like I think there's a like a Charlie Kaufman tends to write a lot of cynical characters and I think that like this movie kind of like fluctuates in and out of like being cynical and then being hopeful and then it has this like sweet ending of like embracing having problems when you're in a relationship I think it's your point also that like when you ha- have gone through a relationship and you've gone through the, the ups and downs and you have a lot of bad associations with uh, a certain person uh, this movie like shows that you can like choose to like if, if you like really love someone you can like choose to like work those things out and like mm-hmm. and like no relationship is perfect and like no interaction is perfect but like if but like there are some things that are like really nice and worth like mm-hmm. working through thing I feel like is they don't even necessarily talk about like working through it like it's not like they're sitting there listening to the tapes and they're saying like oh well you say that you always do this like maybe like you can try not doing this or that or maybe like it sounds like I upset you when I do this like they just basically like accept that they know what where their future is going like they know that they're gonna butt heads and she like kind of argues it a little bit and he's just like I don't care you know what I mean like I don't care like I want to be with you and they already like just from the couple of days where they met again but they don't know it like they already feel the connection is so strong that they probably could have been told anything and it's like well I don't care like I just want to be with you anyway yeah and that brings Jim Carrey's character full circle in a really interesting way where throughout the the film when they have these memories is like a lot of times he is resistant to fighting that's one of Clementine's like big like problems with him is that he's like won't get into with her and he like he actually everything's nice and then they're at at the market Mm -hmm. and he's like he's like we do this later we do this later and then by the end of the movie he's like he accepts that we're gonna fight sometimes and that's okay yeah and that's it's it's just as simple as that yeah we're opposite yeah 
yeah. But going off the, the childhood thing too, like how genius is the notion of like, okay, they're taking all of my memories of you, so like let's go hide in a memory uh, that you're not a part of yeah. and then they can't find us there. Yes. Like who would ever think of that? This is why I love him so much. Like I would never think of that. It's just so it's just so mind blowing. For me, it's like beyond a 10 out of 10 movie. It's like a 20 out of 10 movie for me. <laughs> yeah, always, always rewatchable. I know a lot of people who aren't like super, super film people who this was kind of their gateway into like more artsy films because like it definitely is digestible if you don't watch a lot of like films that are more like some of Charlie Kaufman's or ones that are a little more heady or artistic. But this one, I feel like there's enough that you can grasp onto. It's just like a kind of casual moviegoer. Yeah, it, it's like a really good meditation on perspective too, which I feel like is so important. Yeah. Yeah. with every single thing in life but the way that they're able to the way that they're able to talk about in their memories like that scene I was talking about at the beginning actually where um, he says like well now I wish I had stayed the night with you because it, like you're saying like he is coming full circle like he does now have the perspective of like in that moment like I didn't have to leave like even though it was this weird situation and I felt rejected and I felt nervous because we were like breaking into this house and stuff like now that I'm I'm so far beyond that and like I have these memories that are being erased because our relationship got so bad that we had nothing else to do except erase each other like why didn't I just stay with you that night like you can feel like that frustration and in the scene and then they decide to change it like it's just so tragic because they decide to change it and she's like well why don't you stay this time and then it's just like gone mm -hmm. you know and that I think the line that encompasses the movie is when um when she says like this is it like it's gonna be gone soon what do we do and he says enjoy it mm -hmm. like that's basically life you know yeah we're gonna take a quick break for capitalism. Okay. See you in a moment. Like a statement that you definitely could go off of and like have your own opinion or like ask about, and someone just like, yeah, totally. I'm like, and then really? what? Like you know what I mean? They're yeah. saying at that point, like going back to the other stuff, like it doesn't matter how attractive you are physically. Like if you have nothing to say, like when I say something interesting, and you have nothing to say, and you're just like, yeah, that's cool, like. Add something. <laughs> I yeah. hate it. Yes, and. Yes, yes. and indeed. Yes. Oh. Just like that, we're back from our capitalism. I don't even know if we have ads rolling anymore. I hope we still have Get them ads. on there. I need that 30 Yeah, cents. we need to update our podcast regularly so that we can get some ads going. Yeah. And people can pay our salaries. Yeah. We are um, back. Um, what's the next movie? Oh, Schenectady. Schenectady. We're already there. New York. Mm -hmm. um, wow. So... I was telling Leah before we started this podcast, I was feeling like very somber and morose and thinking about mortality a lot, like with Chadwick Boseman dying. Mm -hmm. And just like in general, like during COVID, like I feel like everybody at some point goes through like their mortality, like, oh wow, like I'm still here and other people aren't still here. Like, wow, like one day I'm gonna be the person who is not here. <laughs> and yeah. like I feel like this movie is just like the epitome of all of that and like well what's the point of life like is it your life's work or is it like to live a life and have relationships or is it to like do this or do that and it's like there really isn't an answer <laughs> and it really is like what you make of it but I guess that's like why we watch movies and why we watch plays because we want to distract ourselves from <laughs> yeah. the sad aspects of life 
you know? Yeah. Like, even though Chadwick Boseman died, like, he left a lot of people with very happy memories of him and very fond memories of him on screen. And, like, yeah. I don't think he would trade that life for anything because he probably wanted that life in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, again, like, it's all about perspective. Like, I, yeah. I can get really angry thinking about, like, how unfair it is for somebody to get cancer and die when they're so young. Or I can accept that that happened. Like, it's, I'm not going to ever change it. That happened, period. And then I can just, like, appreciate and have gratitude for the good things that happened and focus on, like, his legacy. And even if he wasn't, like, Black Panther, even if he was just, like, in some lame movie or whatever, like, it, you know what I mean? It, it's, like, you still can focus on all the good things that happened in life because there's nothing that you can do about something so final mm-hmm. like that. And it's so hard for us as human beings to accept that oh yeah because we like we like things that are in our control and like mm-hmm. especially like the topic of legacy i think is a very interesting thing of like i think when you get too bogged into worrying what your legacy is gonna be a lot of times it ends up like backfiring and you end up like doing things that you would like not normally do mm-hmm. yeah so this movie is it just encompasses all <laughs> that. yeah it's just all that and more basically the the main <laughs> character gets like a macarthur genius grant I don't know if they call it a MacArthur but, Genius no, Grant. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, but, but like... How do you... Yeah. But can you even, like, explain the move? Like, even from that, that... No, but yeah, it just sends him into a spiral of, like, what is a genius and, like, am I actually a genius? Why am I bringing this here? How can I be unique and actually prove that I am a genius now that people have called me a genius? Yeah. Well, I love any movie that plays with time or plays with, like, what is reality and I think that's why I get so excited watching Charlie Coffin movies because I know that it's not just going to be a straightforward like point A to point B movie and mm. that they're going to explore these things in different ways. And I know some people find this movie to be like a little too heavy-handed at points and some people think like, well, Charlie Kaufman needs to be reined in. So like it's better, he has all these ideas and it's better if he works with Spike Jones or Michelle Gondry because it's another like genius mind to kind of harness the actual, you know, meat and potatoes of the story and bring that to the screen. Whereas this to some people feels like just too sprawling, too big. Um, but I love it because I feel like there, there is heavy-handed stuff that's more obvious and then there's all these other things in the movie that are so hard to like connect to and maybe it takes a few times of watching the movie or it takes like a different life experience that you've had personally before you get it um yeah i feel like it definitely has greater meaning once again because of like who he casts and like the meta of it because like if it wasn't phil philip seymour hoffman would it be as good probably not but like somebody who you knew struggled with a lot of demons struggled with mental health struggled with addiction and stuff like that like and you watch like him age in front of you like in this movie and you're just like wow like There's a lot of dark things to think about if you're constantly being like, how am I going to be an artist? How am I going to help people? How am I going to dig deeper into this thing? How am I going to, like, figure out the thing that other people don't know? And it's like, sometimes when you figure out the thing that other people don't know, you don't want to know it, and that's why other people don't know it. Yeah, and (laughs) I think with this movie, and, like, I think you have to real. It's, it's almost like an experimental theater piece where you have to go into it like being okay with not understanding what's going on at certain points and just like letting the feelings kind of just like wash over you. Uh, and I'm like someone who like te- typically when I watch movies I do like the structure of it, but I think when it's done like really well like this, it makes it like easy to just like 
be like, all right, I'm like not gonna like I'm not gonna get every, like all of the meanings and like all of the themes in this movie all in the first viewing, and that's okay. Cause like that's kind of like the point of the movie too is that you like you don't get everything out of like you don't understand everything when it happens just because it happens because you like want to understand things. Mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman is my all-time favorite actor. I love him so much, and um, this this movie like was really hard for me to watch for a while. Because um, I had seen it multiple times before his death, but then after his death, because you see him age, which he will never actually do in real life. Yeah. So it's like, it's just hard to think about that because the movie already deals so much with mortality. And then you realize like, well, this person is reaching these lengths in life that the actual person is never going to get to. And so when I, but when I finally watched it, like, a couple years after he passed away, I just felt like that made the movie all the more meaningful, Mm. and, like, it, it opened up so many doors into my mind of the greater, like, purpose of art in general. Like, I know that sounds so broad, but, like, that's what this movie gets at. Like, the fact that he was even, Charlie, was even ambitious enough to, like, do this is... Even if it had completely failed, like I would have been like, still I appreciate this movie, you know. All the like the set design is like is like out of this world. It's so good. Literally building New York City. Oh god. I think it's better than Birdman with set design. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I think it. I I think like I'd rather this movie than like the Birdman effects that was trying to be like oh whoa now we're going through this corner whoa now we're going around this corner whoa like i like that this like kind of destroyed and like came back together and like did very Mm -hmm. unique things yeah again like i'm using the same word perspective but like he's just so good at like he's so good at showing how important perspective is because the way that you don't know about time, like what, how many years have gone by, how many, like how much time has gone by in this movie, like when um, he's like flirting with Hazel and he's like, look, I have a wife, you know, like she's coming back and she's like, it's been a year, like she's not coming back. And he's like, it's been a week. And they don't really come to a conclusion on who's right about that. And I think it's like, even if you're just, I mean, dealing with anything in life, but say you are dealing with, like, a breakup or someone leaving you, it's, like, some people would have the perspective of, oh, this person is coming back, like, I just have to wait, and then we're going to work it out, and then other people are going to have the perspective of, it's over. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You know, move on with your life. And yeah. and um, the whole thing with, like, like, I think this is one of the parts that some people are, like, okay, but the part of, like, how... When she moves into that apartment and it's already burning and she's like, well, I don't know, like, I don't really want to die in this fire. And the realtor is just talking to her, like, it's normal. Like, yeah, the house is on fire, but, you know, whatever. That's life. It's like, it's like the house that we move into could be the house that, like, ends up killing us. Like, we could die in that house or, like, the car that we end up buying. Like, it's such a great day. Like, we bought a car. It's it's amazing. I love my new car. And that could be the car that ends up dying, like, we end up dying in. Like, we could, you know, and you never know where you're going in life and the choices that you make every single choice that you make is so huge like there's that um that monologue where it's like you only see a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of something you don't know like you might not know the outcome of something until 20 years later or you might never know or you might not even know um you might know in your eyes but someone else's perspective on it is completely different like we only see 
our tiny little like human brains uh, perspective on something and there's actually so much more going on in like every single person's mind and life and like every atom all around us and the fact that again like he's even brave enough to try to encapsulate that with mm-hmm. a movie with like a two hour piece of finite like work is mind blowing to me yeah he definitely uh, conveys the uh, like the feeling of being in your own head very well. Whether it's like mm-hmm. because of grief or because like, you, if you're like a creative person who like needs to like be like locked down in a room and like thinking about something for a long time, and like showing how you can, it's like very easily to I and like, I think especially now like during COVID, I think it, you like I I think like, for me definitely. Damn, I want now we're, we're probably going to go rewatch this movie tonight because this, this movie does feel like it's like very applicable to the times we're in because yeah. I think like when you are isolated from the world the way that we have been in a lot of ways during this time it's like very similar to what this movie talks about about being like shut off from people and then when you like finally like see them again it, it, it's like crazy to like when you're like oh wow I haven't seen this person in like even this past week I, I saw a bunch of my friends who I've not seen in a while um for a birthday uh, celebration, uh, it was nice to be able to like see people. And you're like, wow, I've been to this person in like multiple months and a year, and, it, and like in your mind, it doesn't feel as long until you see them, and then you like start remembering how how much mm-hmm. time passes when you're not thinking about it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing is like when you think about it, the grand scheme of your life, like the things that have influenced you the most are probably like in the past two years and those are only the past two years. Mm -hmm. And then you think back to the past four years and you're like, wow, four years ago, I thought this was the most impactful thing that will ever happen to me. Mm -hmm. And then you go back further and you're like, whoa, like I was just looking out onto my future is like, what's going to (laughs) happen? What always trips me out is when I realize like that an era of my life is over Because, like, you don't, like, the day that you graduate from college, like, that's not when college is over, right? Like, it seems like it is, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Like, and there are some things that happen in my life that I still feel like, oh, this is, like, a new thing in my life. This recently happened. And then I'll think about, wait, actually, like, when did I meet that person? Or, like, when did I get that job? And I'm like, no, I've been at this job for three years now. It's not new anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the period of my life before this job is over. Like, and you don't understand that until something like that's why I love the part um when when the character the um the guy playing Caden in the play is like when are we gonna oh no no not it's not him it's that the other guy that says like when are we gonna get an audience in here it's been 17 years yeah and it's like (laughs) no one else (laughs) like he's pointing that out and it's like we go and we go and we go and we go and we go through life and then all of a sudden something just like hits us and like points out like this is how long this has been Mm. But then you can also go the way of, like, well, what even is time? You know, if something is still alive in your mind and, like, happening, isn't it still happening? Like, and then there's all these kind of, like, there's a lot of spiritual practices and stuff that focus on the only thing that's happening is what's happening right now. Mm. The only thing I'm going to worry about right now is, like, doing this podcast with you guys. And whatever you guys have to say is the most important thing in the world. Like, I'm here for a reason. If there's something you want to tell me about, even if it's, like, something I don't want to hear, I have to listen to you and, like, pay attention because this moment is everything. And we, like, constantly editorialize our own lives, and we, like, judge ourselves based on stuff that's already happened, and we feel like we can't do this thing or whatever, and it's like, none of it even exists. (laughs) Like, it's all just something that we've made up. That's hard. It's it's so hard to not think about all the things that you're going to do or the things that you've done in the past. Especially now, like, with with times, like, the world stopping. Yeah, and it also, we live in, like, a capitalist society where, like, 
you have to be valued in some way because we can't just give everybody an equal amount. So, like, we have to judge people off of their past. Like, yeah. we can't just be like, oh, yeah, you're you're a person, you're a person, you're a person. You guys all get $50,000 a year, and we're all just going to be happy. Everybody in the world. No, we, we don't do that, even yeah. though that would be the easiest way to solve everything would just to be to give everybody $50,000 and be like, okay, go figure out what you want to do with it. I'm yeah. sure it'll come back in tax dollars eventually. Like, <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was just t- telling someone this this morning, like, especially with COVID, I was like, can't, why can't everybody in the world just get like a sum of money every month that's meant to pay for your basic so that no one's homeless, like no one, no one can't get like treated if they're sick, like all that, all the basic stuff. And then like your job is like how much more do you want like if you want to be able to afford a yacht then like yes go for that you know top shelf 103rd level job right and do all that kind of stuff if you want it but there's a lot of people that like can't even imagine being there because they don't even have the basics in their life and like why would that why is that so hard because communism and socialism scare people and so they yeah they're like no we can't even risk even trying it not even for once because the scarcity issue of communism, if you give out one of everything to everyone, then there's going to be a scarcity issue. So instead, in capitalism, we create scarcity right. so that people compete and eat, beat the shit out of each other and yeah. compete over prices so that people have to pay the highest price possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> also, I don't even... Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything in this, but there's a really great, very long review of this movie by the YouTube channel... Um, I think it's Your Movie Sucks. Mm -hmm. And this guy, like, he completely tears apart, like, bad movies and stuff. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's negative, like, whatever. But there's he also does reviews sometimes. And he reviews this movie in such detail. Like, every episode of it is, like, 20 minutes long. And he's done, like, five episodes of it. And he never finished it, which is, like... It's like about (laughs) 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 I'm like, do I have enough to say what that means? Um, So, I don't even agree with, like, all of his opinions on it. But I love, in general just the dissection of a movie like this because you can find so many things in it and unfortunately we have a, a limited amount of time so I can't even get into all of it but look that up because it's a really good review but on top of that it's like made to be inaccessible because like how many Americans know what the word synecdoche means I yeah it, it, I, I it, like that movie like looking at the title you're like I was like is it a synodoche is it synodoche <laughs> like uh, well, Schenectady is a town in New York. I'm sorry right. you guys know, but it's not spelled like that. Right. It's spelled like that for a reason in the movie, and I can't remember what it is. But there are well, so many. Well, because a synecdoche is like a literary term. That's right, like right, right. Representing some like a thing that represents something. Yeah. Thank right. you for remembering. <laughs> so that's like what this movie is. It's like this is his representation mm-hmm. of. Well, there's New York so are like many living things. in New York and like your representation of life, and it's like you can't just define what life is. Yeah, you can yeah. just say that this is what it's like for me, mm-hmm. and there's then people so many, have to assume. Yeah, there's like all these hidden things in this movie that, like the painting on the wall, like the colors they use, like there's everything means something. Um, and some of it is in that review, but then some of it is not even. Like, it's, it's like, an over-hour review of it, and it still doesn't get to everything. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. Okay. So, we should move on to the most recent, besides this new movie, the most recent that we've seen, Anomalisa. 
Um, I don't know about yeah, you guys. Shit. <laughs> As someone who loves Charlie Kaufman, I've tried so hard, and I do not like this movie. I've watched it so many times. Oh, really? I've dissected it. I've listened to so many reviews and stuff on YouTube. I've talked to people about it. I just don't like it, and I wish I did. Like, obviously, there's things I appreciate about it, but I just don't like it. So, what do you guys think? Uh... I think I like it's, it's definitely a sad boy film. Yeah, it is a sad boy film. Yeah. <laughs> it is like oh, what, yeah. what it's like to be a sad boy. And like, that is the thing is like, the reason why we have Trump right now is just because there are sad boys who grew up to be sad men and like got into relationships they don't feel fulfilled in. They, they hang out with people who don't want to talk about the things. They're always on the road. They always feel isolated. They always feel alone. Yeah. And, like, I think that is the essence of this film that's great. Like, I think there are portions of this film that make it, that take away from the value of the film because it makes you dislike the protagonist more. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, the unlikable protagonist at times and, like, the not-righteous protagonist makes the film harder to watch and, like, want to like because you're just like, why do I care about this guy? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's like... These, like, the guy who is this sad, lonely guy is oftentimes the person who has made America bad. Yeah. You know, like, these are the people who have been in charge. These are the business owners. These are the businessmen who decide, like, what the prices are of things and, like, what's in trend and all of this stuff. Yeah. And, like, he deserves to be sad. Fuck you. Go hang out in your fucking hotel. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> there, definitely is, like, there definitely is, like, a fetishizing of, like, being sad. And I think, like... And that, that definitely is like a like a, a a like white dude thing of like wanting to like like mucking your loneliness and mucking your sadness. I think the thing that for because like the movie that for like when I remember watching it and I thought it was like fine and I was but I remember like while I was watching it, I, was, I was like why is this movie like an animated film why is this like a because it's, it's a stop motion or mm -hmm. it's right yeah or like whatever claymation and then uh, and then like about like maybe like halfway through maybe like three quarters of the way through they like start to like. Like the the main character, like they like the, they start to like like disassemble, and like then you like see why this needs to be animated. And I think that was the point where I was like, oh, like this is like then it became like a fun movie for me to watch mm -hmm. at that point. So well, do you know about how like the hotel is called the Fergoli, and like the Fergoli disorder? Do you guys know about that? No. The Fergoli no. disorder is a disorder where you see everybody as the same. Okay. Like you think everybody is the same. So, um, wow, it's raining really loud. Yo, sad, the sky is a sad boy now because it's starting to rain. Charlie Kaufman tears. Yeah. yeah. We're under an awning. Can you hear us? Yeah, they can hear us. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so there's, again, like there's so many things in this movie that are not even accessible to someone just casually watching it like that. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's one of the reasons why it had to, pretty much had to be an animated movie because he sees everybody the same, he hears everybody the same. And I, I do like, like, I do think it's like a romantic concept that like, the girl he meets, her voice is the only voice that's different. Right, you know right, I mean? yeah. Like, I do like that in terms of like a representation of a connection. But then I guess like she's not even real. Yeah. Like he spent the night with that Chinese sex doll instead of her. And yeah, all that. I like, forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah, that part is definitely weird. I just, like, I don't, like, when that twist happened, I was just kind of like, okay, like, I don't know, it just didn't connect with me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's a lot of, like, I think it's, like, I'm glad that Charlie Kaufman is getting away from, like, old white dudes telling us how to feel about things. Yes. Like, it's about time for him to be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna talk about a different story. Yeah, uh, and the, the new movie looks like it's, like, it, it has, like, at least, like, like, visually, and, like, it looks, it's happening into, like, the 
Eternal Sunshine vibes again. Like it feels like it's kind of a return to form. Uh, do you so do you so because going back to what you said before about um, about how some people think that it's like he's better off when he has another director. Do you think that this is a case where the film would have been better served if there was someone else directing it? No, because he had a co-director. Oh, okay. Um, he had a co-director that's more of an animation person, I guess. But. No, I feel like, I don't feel like Anomalisa is like as, it's nowhere near as sprawling as like Schenectady or anything. I don't feel like he had to be reined in. I just think that I don't, I don't like the concept really and I don't really appreciate it. Like obviously I highlighted something that I did like about it, but um, yeah, I just, I mean, you know, every single thing is not going to be enough like knocking out of the park right. and some people like the person that d- did that really long Schenectady review he also thinks this movie is like beyond genius like mind blowing and all that kind of stuff and I just can't connect with it on that level but it's okay <laughs> you don't have to deal with everything true um, oh my phone's getting wet um, so this new movie I'm so excited for yeah. what is it coming out on Friday yeah, yeah. oh my god It'll be coming out in two days if you're listening to this live on Wednesday <laughs> when this comes out, or Tuesday when Tuesday, it comes out today. Tuesday, but that's okay. <laughs> you're right, it'll yeah. be out by the end of the day because I'm efficient and go-headed. What is time? <laughs> what happens? Where yeah. are we? Or maybe Who's we listening? just won't finish this and it'll just end. Ooh, yeah. No, we have no, to, we have to yeah. finish it. Um, yeah, so we're gonna, because, you know, we're just Jesse obsessed. Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Amazing. And obviously, Tony Collette. And um, David Thewlis. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like I love this movie. I mean, I love the trailer because the trailer was so thought provoking and made me like want to guess what's going to happen. But I really have no idea what's even going on. Like, what is she seeing? She's seeing like these his parents at different points in their life, like yeah. as different people. So it, it is actually kind of like playing with time again. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just hoping that it's more. Like, it's more of a movie that I'll just be head over heels in love with. But the fact that it's on Netflix and we can just watch it over and over again is so great. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be very nice to just watch it on a rainy day very soon. Yeah. yeah. J- just like the one we have right here today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think also, like, because, like, you, uh, you mentioned perspective a lot today. And I guess, like, Anomalisa, there's, like, very clearly one perspective. But I think Charlie Kaufman does thrive when he has a lot of different perspectives through different kinds of characters within the film. So we'll probably get mm-hmm. more of that, hopefully, in this newest film. Yes, and we'll do another episode. We'll do a part two with a review of the movie. Yes. So also, excited. by that point, we probably will have rewatched watched to be again and probably a bunch of other try to watch Human Nature, maybe... Yeah, and then we can mediate more on all this stuff. And what did, what does it all mean? What does it all mean? You know, oh no, my the rain comes down on the flowers, and the flowers get sunlight from the sun, and then we eat the flowers, and then there's more light Adaptation. when we die. Yeah, that eat us. Plant-based diets. Yes. Well, yeah, I was just talking about um, adaptation because, like the other princess companies across the country are closing because of COVID. Oh, wow. And they're, because they refuse to change the way that they do parties. And we've been doing them, if you're listening to this and you don't know me, I do character entertainment. I run a company that provides, like, Disney-inspired princesses for kids' parties. And, you know, we've had to do them outside completely, like, no indoors, social distancing, like, with the performance taking place six feet away, all that kind of stuff. And I decided to do it because I was like, well, in general, when you go see a show, like, it's at least six feet 
away from you, you know? And yeah, it sucks not being able to hug the kids or hold hands or like get close for a picture, but there's so much that you can do within the constructs of like what the rules are. And like, it's all about adapting. Like if you don't adapt to what's going on in the world, like, like I can't believe these people would rather close their companies than just do these like distant performances and I'm not judging like if you really just don't want to do that that's fine but if you've worked so hard and you're like running a business you just want to close it and uh that's like another theme of not just adaptation but I feel like all of his movies is like change is inevitable it's the only thing that we can this also feels like it's his first film that's like very much in the digital age yeah you yeah because like a lot of his films like Anomalisa was animated that was 2015 then you go back to 2008, so he probably was writing this in 2006. Smartphones were barely even made. It's a very analog theater world film. Mm. Wow. So like maybe we'll get some uh, of that right now. Too. Yeah. I just can't. Wait. I'm so excited too for another Tony Collette performance, especially one that's like weird. Yeah. Like that sustains me as a person. So. Yes. All right. Any final thoughts? Charlie Kaufman, he is a very, very talented writer. We and love you. Yeah, we love you very much. <laughs> also, if you're feeling sad and lonely, feel free to reach out to Brendan O'Brien on Instagram. Yes. At uh, Brendan O'Brien, like, oh, like Brendan O'Brien, O-H, uh, on all the social media platforms. And where else can they find your upcoming projects? Oh, you do? go to Late Night Hump. Late Night Hump is the shit. It's the best. At Late Night Hump or LateNightHump.com. Uh, we've got a bunch of uh, things coming up. We ha- we are finally wrapping up our feature film that all three of us were very heavily involved with, Yay. but we're the horns, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, we're going to be shooting. Jordan will get more into this because uh, he's going to be directing uh, our upcoming short that we're doing. We have photography on there. We have a bunch of sketches. We're doing a lot of writing. We're getting ready to change the world. Hell yeah. And if you want to reach out to uh, Capriya Moon. That's me um, on Instagram and on Twitter, I think. Yeah, Capriya Moon. C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think about. Um, tell me why I'm wrong about Anomalisa. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Freeze. J-F-R-E-E-E-Z-E. Um, yeah check us out online Uh, tell your friends about this podcast if you liked it if you're listening on a subscription service please rate us highly so that more people see us and we can take down Joe Rogan Uh, have a great day guys thanks Bye. bye